it's that time of year where people are getting excited about their college teams making a run, maybe maybe even for a conference title, maybe even for the national playoffs. But then you have the other side. You have the folks that are disgruntled, that are frustrated, that are wanting changes, that are wanting coaches fired. So I thought I'd spend some time explaining the proper way to evaluate a coaching staff. And I can't go into the a great detail, but we can hit on some of it, of what you look for. When do you know it's time to stick with a coach or move on from a coach? Um, that is the topic on today's Landry Football Podcast, part of the Landry Football Podcast Network, which you can get by subscribing, sharing, liking for free, the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, um, LandryFootball.com is where you want to go to get the more detailed breakdowns of everything football, including evaluating of coaching staffs, evaluating of coaches. How do you really do it? That's that's what we're going to do for you uh, here at LandryFootball.com each and every day, uh, 365 days a year. That's right. Uh, there is no non-football season. There's a playing season. There's the scouting season. We got you covered, whether it's coaching searches, coaching evaluations, players, teams, coaches, schemes on the college or NFL level, recruiting, transfer portal, free agency, the draft, the games, the everything going on in football all year round, inside information, analysis from a coaching, scouting, front office, and playing perspective. That's what we do at LandryFootball.com. So check it out today. Try it out for a month. You can try it out for six months. Our best deal is our 12-month package, which is the football season sale, which is available during football season. It doesn't mean that it's just limited to football season. As I mentioned, we go all year round. So it's less than $10 a month if you try it out for a month. It's cheaper than that if you take the six-month package. If you get the 12-month package, it's the best deal that we've got going. So take advantage of it. And what a great holiday gift for your family, for your friends. Um, your loved ones, give them the gift of football all year long. You'll be the most informed fan in your group, LandryFootball.com. A lot of frustrations I mentioned. Uh, Iowa, of course, is uh, moving on from their offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, Jack Kurt's son. Alex Grinch has been fired as defensive coordinator from USC. Um, there's a lot of frustration in a lot of places. People are asking me uh, – Florida, you know, there's no, I don't know that there's a place where there's a bigger gap between expectation and reality than at Florida. Um, when we try to explain to the folks at Florida, this was a five to six win team at best, you know, they're thinking that they're going to win eight or nine. Well, that's part of the problem. We're going to get into that. Um, where things uh, are, are with certain one of these teams, what about a Mississippi State in the unique situation, Syracuse, uh, assistants, head coaches? Uh, we'll get into some of it, and I certainly we'll give you a breakdown. In fact, if you want to know where we stand on some of these decisions, you check out LandryFootball.com. We've got where USC is likely headed for defensive coordinator, uh, what Florida should do to correct their problem. Um Mississippi State, Syracuse, uh, LSU, do they need to make a move on the defensive staff? Um, you know, um, Arkansas has made a move away from Dan Enos. Do they need to consider making another decision there uh, on the staff? 
Miami on the staff. Um, lots of uh, lots of issues that we got covered in detail at LandryFootball.com. <clears throat> but I wanted to go into a situation on how to evaluate. And I'm going to use Florida as an example. Um, and we may discuss A&M, you know. But so you've got a situation at Florida where they've recycled coaches year in and year out because the expectation is so high. It's not about changing or lowering your expectation. It's an understanding of where you were as a program, where you've slipped to as a program, what needed to be done to fix it infrastructure-wise, and where you're going at this stage. So let's kind of take a look at Billy Napier. When they hired him, I think a lot of it was mainly due to the fact that he would he sold them on the idea of building an infrastructure that is along the lines of what Georgia's doing, of what Alabama's doing, and that's what sold himself to the Florida administrators. You don't do that in one or two or three years. It takes longer to build that foundation. Now, he has done just that. First of all, the facility upgrades were long, long needed at Florida, and it has been accomplished. Congrats on that. That needs to be constantly updated and modified and, and maintenance. The structure of the staff and having a lot of people involved in getting people to understand roles, it's important. One of the things that I think Billy did incorrectly was I think he should have hired a coordinator. I think he's going to have to hire a coordinator this year uh, because I think that they'll probably keep him at Florida. But let me also say that they're likely going to lose to LSU, particularly if Jaden Daniels plays. They're going to lose to Missouri and they're going to lose to Florida State. So they're going to end up with five straight losses. And there's going to be a lot of movement inside or the fan base and the media to fire Billy Napier. He's not the answer. I can't sell you that he's the answer. But let me tell you how you evaluate it. And when do you know when it's time to make a move? For example, let's take Florida and Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen proved to be a very good coach at Mississippi State, overachieved big time with the thought of, man, he's going to go to Florida and he's going to have a lot more talent and his ability to up coach is going to just play right into our hands. Well, the reality is, is Dan was not a great recruiter. And you can't just say, hey, look at my Florida shirt. Hey, look, I'm the, throughout your business card, I'm the head coach at Florida, and the kids are going to come flocking. It's not the way it works. Oh, you've got a distinct advantage by being at Florida over, say, Mississippi State. But it doesn't do all the work for you. Dan didn't work, nor did he emphasize recruiting nearly as much as he needed to. And so when they made the move from him, it, while I'm, I'm not crazy about making quick moves on coaches, you make that move because the infrastructure is not good. The direction is not good. We know the results on the field weren't good. That's easy to see. But behind the scenes, are things trending in the right direction? Are you doing the right things to become better in the future? That's what you have to decide. Because if you don't, and you're not recruiting well, and you don't have a good infrastructure for recruiting, 
then you're just going to dig yourself further and further into a hole, making it a steeper climb for the new guy to come in and build something. So the answer is, what is going on behind the scenes, which fans and media don't know? They think they do, but they don't. Well, I heard, I know somebody in. No, you don't. Okay, you don't. You've got to take assessment inside. I have had several coaching search projects where I thought I knew how things were being done at XYZ school. I go in and it's completely different than what I thought. Positively or negatively, it's different very often. If you're building towards something good in terms of building a talent base, building an infrastructure, then whether the current head coach is a good enough coach, is a good enough strategist to turn it around or not, the end result is going to be pretty good because the next guy coming is going to have more success or a better chance at success. What you run the risk of doing, if you have somebody that has good infrastructure and is setting things up but is not winning on the field, is if you cut that off at the knees, then you've got a house that doesn't even have the full foundation built yet, and the other guy comes in and it begins gutted and it becomes worse. I think that you have to understand what you're dealing with. You have to understand that you're going to set yourself back. If you look at Tennessee, for example, Tennessee went through coach after coach after coach. It got so bad at Tennessee that now with Josh Heupel, not by any means doing a great job, but doing a pretty good job, the fans are thrilled. Why? They've been so far down at Tennessee that just going to bowl games is good. Now that's going to change. They're going to expect more. And I don't know that Josh is going to be able to do that. But the point is, if you're building something behind the scenes with a good infrastructure, understand that you're building towards something that somebody, whether it's the current coach or the next coach, can benefit from. Now, if you're Texas A&M and you've got really good infrastructure, you've got a good NIL program, you've got a coach that's recruited well, well, you know, um, I, I, I think that you look at that, but it's six years. And you've got a god-awful record on the road god-awful record of proving an inability to adjust to modern coaching styles that's hurting them. So it's kind of the end of the road, but are they willing to make the move? And by the way, everyone talks about whether they got to decide whether they're going to spend the money. If they spend the money this year, it's $77 million. If they spend it next year, it's $67 million. It's actually a couple of million off each year. I'm just using this. So are you going to – so the decision 
if you believe it shouldn't be about money because i mean is really another 10 12 million going to break you at that program no the question on whether jimbo should stay or not is not whether you want to write the check or not because if you don't want to write the check well then you don't want to write it next year or the year after because it's going to take several years before it gets to say 30 million so what it comes down to is do you believe that there are foundational things that Jimbo is doing that's going to make the program turn around in year seven and then spike up in year eight? Okay, you have to make that decision. If the answer is no, then the whole what must be done eventually must be done immediately because it's a problem. Now, the good part about waiting out a year or so as long as the recruiting is good as long as the culture is good well then you're still in line to have the type of success that you seek with the next guy with a better guy i also think a big part of what you need to do in a situation like a&m is you need to know that you can get mike elko or if it's lane kiffin that they seek or if it's uh, Lance Leopold or Chris Kleiman, I mean, whoever it is that they want, be somebody else. I'm just throwing candidates out, not flippantly, but guys that I think would do it. But I don't know that there's a really good fit. I don't know that Lance or or um, or Chris would be good fits because I don't know that they'd be comfortable in a place like AM. I don't know that Lane Kiffin wants to live in College Station. You know, I, so those are the things you got to ferret out that are addendums to just what who can do well coaching you got to know you can get that guy is the timing right you need to be able to have the ability to find that out before you make the move you really need to know before you make the move who you're going to get if it's a disaster situation where you got to make a move well then you got to make a move and then you got to go get the best guy that you can and I'm not a believer in hope being a strategy, but you sometimes do need to hope that things fall in place. It's really not a good strategy. It's really not the way you want to go. You really need to know who you're going to get, who's willing to come, and there are channels, back channels that you can do to have that idea. And sometimes that makes a, a difference. So I believe every situation has its own unique qualities. But when I hear situations about certain guys and whether you should make a move on this guy or that guy, every fan in the media, the media loves to track the changes and who's next and who's coming up. And it's a game to them. For fans, they get frustrated. They want better. But be careful that you don't haphazardly just cut your nose to spite your face because well, I'm going to appease the fan base by sacrificing this coach. Then what? Then you go out and hire somebody that's not even as good as that guy or no better than that guy. And then you're, again, like Tennessee was, three and four coaches in that were disasters. And every bad hire sets the program back further and further. Coaching changes need to be made at times. It's a part of the business. It's not a fun part of the business, but it, it it has to happen. It's just part of it. Evaluating 
what is going on behind the scenes is important. It's critical to making the determination of where you go going forward. Now, we live in a different world. There's media perception. There's media scrutiny. There's upheaval even in social media. That is sometimes tied to NIL money, booster money. Well, I'm not supporting if this guy is still our coach. You have to make tough decisions. You have to sit there and explain to the key boosters that we're both on the same page. We both want what's best for the program. But let me tell you what you don't know and what you don't understand and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And you've got to get them on board. It's your job. It's why athletic directors, their job is to do two things, raise money and hire a football coach. Maybe at some places hire a basketball coach. Yeah, it's great when you when you hit on a women's basketball coach or a baseball coach. That's not going to set your legacy as an athletic director. It's the football coach. And maybe basketball coach at a basketball school to some degree, but a lesser degree. It is pivotal in a football world with the football revenue that you get it right. You've got to understand when you hire coaches who they are. It's why I do detailed scouting reports on these coaches for them. What type are they? You need to know when you get in a Lincoln Riley that he's going to throw a coach under the bus, that it's all about his offense. So when it comes time to be a good CEO, you realize he's not a good CEO. Well, the time to know that is before you hire him and not try to make the splash hire because you stole the Oklahoma coach. That makes us look good. It makes you look good for the offseason. Two years down the road, not looking so good, is it? Understand it. So if you're Florida, you got to look hard at it. Think about this if you're Florida. Let's go back to Florida State. Jimbo left. They get Willie Taggart to come from Oregon, who is a disaster. Then they had Mike Norvell. Let's take Willie Taggart. Some will say, well, they let the black guy go. There's a racist base. It's easy to throw the race card out. And look, racism plays a lot in our society. There's no question about it. But if you study the Florida State program under Willie Taggart, you see the recruiting, the culture was gone in the ground. It needed to be a change, and it needed to be swift. They bring in Mike Norvell. Oh, but Mike Norvell's not winning any more than it. No, he's not on the field, on the surface, but behind the scenes, cleaning up the culture, cleaning up the infrastructure, cleaning up the recruiting. The program is getting a lot better. Look at the result now. Now they're competing maybe for a national playoffs because they were patient. One school, but both philosophies worked. They made a mistake in hiring Willie Taggart, but they quickly got out from under it. Good job. A lot of criticism that Mike Norvell wasn't the guy. A lot of their key boosters. This guy's not the guy. You can't hire a coach from Memphis. Coach at Big Bad Florida State. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Not only can you, but he can win. And when he's doing it well behind the scenes, 
stick with them. Take the criticism. Take the bullets. Because you're going to win in the end. Florida State did it. Florida's got to make a decision. Which is it? Is things going well behind the scenes? Is it Willie Taggart-like or Mike Norvell-like? Or something different somewhere in between? Only they can make that decision. If you spend some time in it, you can. Um, absolutely. Um, you've got to have an understanding. Mississippi State has got a first-year coach. They hired him quick after the death of Mike Leach. An unusual circumstance. A tragic circumstance. Um, you know, what do you do there? Do you look at the fact that you haven't made a long-term commitment, that he was put in a tough situation, that he needs time to really assess his first year as a head coach and show and prove by answering some tough questions about how is he going to build the program going forward or is there concern that he's maybe doesn't have quite the plan to fix it? If it's the latter, you got to make the move. It's the former. You might want to consider giving him another year. Uh, Syracuse has had a situation with Dino Babers for quite some time. Uh, You've got details on the staff. Um, You have to look at coordinators at a place like LSU. Is the problem personnel or coaching? Well, there's a little bit of both, but it's more personnel. So do you sit there and sacrifice a good coach because the personnel's not good? You always have to ask why and answer why. That's the definition of breaking it down. When you can ask why don't we have better players on defense? Well, we haven't recruited. Why? We haven't identified proper players on the transfer report. Why? And And you have to be able to answer that. And you have to assess everything. So as a coach, you not only have to assess your coordinators, your position coaches, but your staff members, your recruiting alliances and how they're evaluating, what they're looking for. There are details now that require kind of a general manager type, CEO type feel for a head coach that requires a lot. And Billy Napier needs to hire a if he survives he needs to hire an offense coordinator he needs to become a guy that can be a ceo i think that eli drinkwich helped himself by becoming more ceo it's great that your strength is as a coordinator and as a play call and you can do that provided you have somebody else to handle some of the things that you have to relinquish by being a coordinator certain head coaching duties it's a slippery slope if you don't get it right, but understanding and identifying it behind the scenes is the key. Hope that gives you an idea about how to evaluate going forward your program, whether he should stay, whether he should go. You can't listen to the fans. If you listen to the fans, you listen to the media, you're going to be sitting amongst them. I learned that a long time ago. You have to know what's going on. You have to assess what's going on, and you have to have a trained eye to turn to the right type of people that can advise you the right type of way in making coaching decisions. A reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, 
That way you don't miss any of our podcasts talking about all aspects of football. LandryFootball.com is where you want to go to get the detailed breakdowns of the game of football, college football, NFL, you name it, we got it, LandryFootball.com. Always great to be with you. Talk to you again next time, everybody.